electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, Karen Feinerman, and Steve Grasso. A major market sell-off capping off a wild week on Wall Street. Stocks plunging as President Trump turns up the heat on a trade war with China. The president blasting China in a tweet at 10.59 a.m. Eastern Time. And just look at the market reaction after that. Stocks plunged and never recovered. We finished the day near the lows of the session. All this as Fed Chair Jerome Powell hinted that more rate cuts could be coming due to the trade turmoil. We've got full team coverage standing by to tackle both sides of this very big story. Steve Leisman's at the Fed Summit in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, but we begin in Washington, where the president is expected to announce new actions against China. That announcement, by the way, could happen at any moment. Elon Moy is live in our D.C. newsroom with the very latest. Elon. Well, Melissa, it looks like that response is happening right now. The president just put up several tweets, including one that says that our country has been losing hundreds of billion dollars a year to China with no end in sight, that we have an unfair trading relationship, and China should not have put new tariffs on $75 billion of U.S. products. That's politically motivated. He says starting on October 1st, the $250 billion of goods and products from China currently being taxed at 25 percent will now be taxed at 30 percent. He also said that additionally, the remaining $300 billion of goods and products from China that were being taxed on September 1st at 10 percent, that will now be taxed at 15 percent. And he thanks us for our attention to this matter. I think markets have been paying very close attention. Uh, they've been waiting for this response. President Trump had said that he would uh, issue a statement on the next step forward and how he would respond to these retaliatory tariffs from Beijing. Now we have it. New tariffs starting on October 1st, $250 billion of goods and products from China currently being taxed at 25%, now going to 30%. And the list of goods that would be taxed at 10% on September 1st that will now be taxed at, September, at 15%. Guys, Melissa, back over to you. All right, Elon, uh, thank you very much. We're all sort of uh, shell-shocked by uh, the tweets coming exactly as we were talking to you, Elon Moy in Washington. So he's ramping up the pressure on China via tariffs by increasing the amount at which uh, goods will be taxed. So, Tim, what do you, this is definitely uh, going to be an impact on U.S. companies as well as the consumer. Yeah, I think the electronics uh, and, and certainly some of the small appliances, and th these are places where there's nowhere to hide. Um, so I think the response that we saw in that part of the sector late day. Uh, but, but to be clear, this is a dizzying kind of dynamic of, of spiraling of, of this news. Uh, we still don't really know where this is going to settle out, but clearly uh, you've increased the pace. And just to remind, it's not just trade tariffs. Remember, when the president uses the word hereby, uh, American companies will. Um, we're talking about restrictions. We're talking about sanctions. And I remind that we're doing this around the world as well. I know China's the most important and what's foremost in everyone's mind. But again, we're talking about trade restrictions. We're not just talking about tariffs. And I don't think we can even quantify that, Melissa. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about taking the global supply chain and global trade and putting it and halting it, effectively, that's what you're going to end up doing here. That's not good for stocks. And we saw it today. I can't imagine these tweets and raising tariffs are going to be any better for stocks. Not only does it create 
uncertainty, which we all know that the stocks don't like, but it also creates a drag on the economy. It creates a drag on the consumer. It creates a, a, a drag on companies. But what company is going to go out there and say, you know what? I am going to open a new plant because I've got some kind of great view on what's going on in the world. It's, it's just not happening. Yeah. To me, the, Brian's point, last point, is the most important one. Let's say you don't take seriously the tweet of I hereby order. Sure. Right? Okay. Yeah, that may be. Window. Let's say you don't take seriously that Jay Powell is who's the bigger enemy. Right. Let's say you don't take any of that at face value. I still think the much more important message from that is we have a very schizophrenic approach to how we're going to solve the trade war. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to talk. Oh, now I'm going and, you know, I have G7, so I'm going to sort of, you know, muddy the waters. How are CEOs supposed to make decisions? How are they supposed to spend money? How are they supposed to feel confident? And we know that that confidence is a really important part of keeping the economy moving in the right direction. Especially as this tit-for-tat seems to be escalating. Yes. I mean, it was only this morning right. that the Chinese said we're going right. to slap tariffs. Why did they do it this morning? Billion dollars. This is the, the, so let's break it down before... The tweet. Why? Uh-huh. That didn't make sense to me. Well, why, did, why? why does it have to make sense? Why did Trump tweet doesn't that initially? Help, doesn't, that, doesn't that help Trump's ability to push the, the Fed into lowering rates? Why would they do it today? Why did that strike I anyone? No, I don't understand that. I don't understand why Trump is surprised when they, when they respond. That to I just me is didn't, amazing. I didn't know. What, what did, I don't because, because Powell stated that it was trade and lack of inflation and the slowdown of the global economy. Those were his reasons for the pivot. Okay. So why give him added ammunition so you're on Jackson the, Hole? Why would the Chinese help? Well, just didn't make that sense. You from, think that they're thinking about the that? Why yeah. oh, I think, why I think everyone's thinking about, about everything. And the other thing is, he didn't say you have to pull out. He said this is because he can't. Well, but that's not. So me. then, why, why even take the tweet seriously? Then all right. So can't, it's I, got I, no said, I just said, let's say you don't take the tweet seriously. But he said alternatives. So companies. But that's already Companies have a responsibility. I, guys up right now? <laughs> <laughs> companies have a responsibility. Companies should have been looking for alternatives. Companies Apple's have been looking, looking for alternatives. People, right? companies fell asleep help? at the switch. They allowed themselves to get to, to just fall asleep and let China do it all. Apple's but, Apple's turning. So now Other you're companies blaming, are you're, turning. Now you're blaming corporate America for playing by a set rule. What set rule? That China takes over all manufacturing in the world? That set rule is going out the window. That's what, that's so what this ask, is let's about. Let's say everything you're saying is true. Do right? you think the way that, that Trump is doing this, with tariffs not knowing what they're going to be, it, it, literally eight days from now, they're going to be different than what, pe- what people thought they were this morning? I don't think he goes t- about anything the proper way. But okay, at the end so of the day, at, at the, the end of the day, do you think that there's a fair trade policy between the U.S. You know what? and China? You know what? Those are all good questions. I don't care about that right now. What I care about right now is that yeah. we don't know what's happening. We don't know when to... You're not going to know what's no, happening. hold on. That's the point. Yeah, How do you problem. trade the market? That's the point. We trade don't know what's going to happen. Because well, this has been going on for too long. So, so what does look, that so mean, look, trade well, straight well, Every right. dip on trade has been a viable event. Buy the market. Let them talk. Here's what I want to talk about. So if, if part of this discussion over here is about really triggering the Fed or really who's the one that's going to drive the Fed to the next move, uh, today the Fed is irrelevant, okay? Um, the fact that the mark was hinging on every word out of Jerome Powell's, and it seemed as if that this could have been a response to, you know what, let me get the Fed into, a, into, a, into the next gear from second to third gear or into sixth gear. Um, it's not about that. Um, the, the problem here is that we really, uh, to, to be putting restrictions on American companies takes this into an entirely different realm. It's one thing, obviously, to have companies to be, to essentially be, um, 
you know, maybe coercion is not the right word, but ultimately finding ultimate sources for manufacturing. And there are some sectors that are better able to do that. Clearly, um, high-tech semiconductors, electronics cannot do that. Uh, in terms of American production of, of apparel, yes, there are other places to go. Ultimately, a lot but of it does no go But there's no restrictions, Tim. That's the uh, point. There's no restrictions. This doesn't, happen, no this doesn't it. happen overnight. It's all rhetoric. So we're talking about a stock market today. The supply chain does not change overnight. That's the problem you have here. So there's going to be a period of time where these actions and this uncertainty is a drag on earnings, is a drag on the consumer. And that's why the stock market is effectively traded in a broadening range over the last year. And the problem you have is the more uncertainty and the broader that range is and the lower those dips get, something breaks at some point. People are getting kind of probably sick of talking about macro um, all the time on the show, or maybe our viewers are getting tired of it. Let, let's talk about this from a bottom-up perspective. There's nothing that happens today um, that's positive from a bottom-up perspective. And again, I'm talking about corporate confidence. I'm talking about EPS outlook. And we ask, why is the market reacting differently now um, to trade inversion than it was? Uh, look, the bond market is reacting to the macro. The, 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 the equity market is going to react to the fact that EPS now, expectations, forward expectations are up 2.5%. A year ago, they were up 14.5%. And it's going lower. And from a bottom-up perspective, there's nothing a CEO heard today that's going to be stock positive. Um, let's get to Powell here because that was an important part of this entire story today. Fed Chair Jay Powell signaling more rate cuts could be on the way, especially in light of these new trade tensions. Powell spoke earlier today at the Fed Summit in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Steve Leisman is there with more. Steve, and, and unfortunately, you spoke to all these fantastic Fed people prior to this most recent round of tweets from the president in terms of ramping up tariffs. And so I'm wondering if you think this gives... Powell and company much, much more cover to go much, much more aggressively come September and October? That's a good question, Melissa. I'm not really sure. I mean, I think what we know from the speech today is how the Fed is going to react uh, when these tariffs take place. Uh, Powell was guardedly suggesting the Fed could be cutting rates in the months ahead, even though he said the U.S. economic uh, outlook is and remains pretty favorable. Uh, here's some of the things Powell said. He said there's evidence of a global of global growth deterioration since the last meeting, saying trade policy is playing a role in the global slowdown. Said business investment and manufacturing both have weakened. Uh, he noted that there is only so much the Fed can do, though, to offset the effects of trade. And that's sort of an answer to Melissa's question. Now, his top deputy, Richard Clarity, he sat down an exclusive CNBC interview, backed up the chairman's outlook. The economy's in a good place right now. You know, markets go up and down, so we try to filter through the day-to-day. -day, but obviously, the global outlook has worsened since our July meeting. The global economy is slowing, um, and there are disinflationary pressures. And so we're not looking at any one day, but we're looking at the trend in the, in the data to make our decisions. For the record, uh, Clarity did not specify whether or not the Fed would be cutting rates. Powell, though, faces a divided committee. Not every Fed official thinks it's appropriate to lower interest rates. I saw the arguments on both sides. I right. think they were very cogent arguments. I supported leaving rates the same, you know, and looking for more data and letting things play out a little bit, bit longer. I haven't made up my mind yet before I go into that FOMC meeting. Mester thinks the Fed is in a good place right now. Fed meets again in September. Markets expecting a rate cut. In fact, since the president's tweets today, markets now fully pricing in three rate cuts by year end. Uh, and in answer to Melissa's question, I think the trade outcomes now are more determinative of Fed policy outcomes uh, than anything else. I think you guys are right that the trade story now uh, is in front of the Fed story, Melissa. Absolutely. Steve, thank you. Steve Leisman.
uh, joining us from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, it does look like at this point, it almost looks like the Fed is a derivative of trade because trade Without has a doubt. direct impact on the economy, the global growth outlook, and, and that will determine what the Fed does. And you saw that manifest itself in the stock market today because Jay Powell said, listen, there is no rule book or no set way, set rules on how to handle a trade dispute. And they're going to go by the data dependent, which they always say. But if you look and you say, okay, well, a trade dispute is going to make the data deteriorate, then, of course, you're going to have a Fed that cuts rates. It's not going to help, but they'll continue to cut rates because that's all they can do. So are we at a point where the Fed cuts rates and the market doesn't look at that positively? Yes. I think you're at a point where it's pro- 50 basis points is going to re-enter the conversation. I don't think 50 is going to happen. But I think there was a, a shot that 25 didn't happen before. I think there was a shot that they were going to do nothing and just say we're going to continue to monitor. Now I think you get your 25. 50 enters the dialogue. You at least get 25. Um, but I don't know if there's a diminishing return. I, look, I think there is right. definitely a diminishing return. I think it's going to come back again to trade. Where are we on trade? And if they're making progress, mm-hmm. then the Fed cutting or not won't be as important. I don't know CEOs out there who are like, you know what, I would spend, but I really need to know what the Fed is going to do on September, whatever it is, on that last uh, and 25 basis points or not. That's not what they're concerned about. Right. It's trade. And it's the, it's the uncertainty surround. I mean, Steve Leeson played a, a soundbite from Loretta Messer's interview earlier, and One thing that stood out to me was her comment to him about talking ourselves into a recession. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's almost where we are at this point with all the the volatility and the uncertainty. Are CEOs going to pull the trigger? I mean, we we were talking about this last night. This just is another wrench in the whole sort of planning process of a CEO. So a a CEO and a CEO also has to listen to a Fed who has no idea. Okay, let's be let's be clear. The Fed's had no idea on the impact of what trade has meant. They've had no idea the impact of energy. Energy, by the way, is a deflationary spiral here um, that I think people are underestimating um, to the U.S. economy because of overcapacity that's about to start happening. But I, I think if if you think of the leading indicators that have been so important for economists over the last 18 months. Business confidence is one of them. Uh, and it's probably arguably the most important because that's going to dictate the next dollar spent in terms of CapEx, OpEx. So um, I, I, I just, yeah, I mean, Steve's right. I, I think the divided Fed was not going to cut 50. Um, let's be clear. And, and we had basically 25 September, 25 October, 25 December is what we started the week with. Have we left the week with a different place? Yes, I think we have. Can we talk about some of the stocks that might be most vulnerable? And I know you say buy the dips on these, but, you know, when you're talking about taxing or tariffing at 30 percent instead of 25 percent, 15 percent instead of 10 percent, that's a big difference to your point on margins for companies that may not have margin room. For companies that at 10 percent had already told us, hey, you know what, this is going to compress margins for us. So now you're just making it worse. So anybody who's exposed to the global supply chain. So Tim mentioned semiconductors. Anybody in that particular area, uh, you know, you want to look at anybody who's manufacturing there. Apple's right in the crosshairs. Anybody who sells equipment there, talk about Caterpillar. I mean, and then, again, I'll go back to the fact that these, some of these factories are here in the U.S. People work in the companies here. And if you're a CEO and you're saying, I don't know how much I'm going to sell, then how do you pay your employees more? How do you hire more? How do you it's do any of that? Down it's a trickle down to here. the U.S. We're not an island. We're not isolated. Retail comes to mind. And yeah. Macy's, with its attempt to try a, a price increase unsuccessfully, uh-huh. right. that sort of gives you an indication that at 15%, indica- that's a real problem. That's going to be a real problem for them. There are some who can handle it better. We saw Home Depot and Lowe's both 
we're able to do a little bit better with that pricing. I'm not even so much afraid of the tariff escalation. I'm afraid of China sort of taking it to a new level, right? And just, you know, Apple, very iconic company, doing something very dramatic beside just, you know, higher, you know who knows what it would be. But that, that makes me more afraid or something like about, Boeing. Sorry, are you like, talking geopolitics? In China. Yes. Are you yes. talking that this is yes, now? Yes, it I mean, escalates we, we, to we something like that. We dubbed China an enemy today, right? So, right. I mean, that was that was a that was a term that was applied. So, um, so if, well, they're they're running out of stuff to tear. Right. So, so what's the something next else? step? Right. It right. Be, it could be something broader than that. That's much more difficult, I think, for us to get. One other thing, we are much better off with having certainty, even if it's a high number on tariffs. Right? Having a lot of certainty and a deal. Even if it's not a deal that we would like. At least you can certain, plan around you it. You can plan around it. We've never had less. Yes. We've yeah. never had less yeah. than, than we have this afternoon. Having said all that, let's, let's throw some word. positive back on this really quick. I mean, uh, for the last 10 days, we've also been talking about the resilience of the U.S. consumer. We've been talking about those stocks that have outperformed in this environment. Um, and if you saw some of those trade down today, and even, you know, even a Starbucks and a McDonald's were not immune to today's activity, um, I think you know, these are going to continue to be safe haven places. The U.S. consumer is fine. Up next, we're headed back to Jackson Hole. Steve Leesman is sitting down with the Bank of England Governor Mark Carney. That is a can't-miss interview that's coming up about 15 minutes from now. But first, President Trump upping tariffs on China will break down how that will impact three big names. These ones right here. We're trading the turmoil next. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Fast Money. Three big stocks feeling the pain in today's sell-off. We're talking Apple, Caterpillar, and FedEx. So how would you trade these three big movers that seem to be in the crosshairs of this ramping trade war? Apple, Tim, what do you say? I think Apple is, is one to be cautious on around 200, but, but I, I'm long the stock, and I, I'm not running for cover here. I mean, I do think this is a case where you have a, a company that today, of all the iconic American brands that probably felt the hit, um, Apple, of course, is that story. It's, it's interesting. Apple seems to have some sympathy in the White House. It, you know, it was Tim, C Tim Cook's Sunday night meeting with Donald Trump that almost seemed to change the rhetoric on Huawei's treatment. So um, you have this sense that there is a pipeline going on back and forth of, of really understanding the business dynamics. I'm, I'm not losing my mind on Apple here. I mean, Trump actually said that he had one of the best relationships yes. with Tim Cook. Does that offset some concerns that you might have in terms of the impact on Apple of the trade war? A little bit, but you uh, just go back to the point, if China really wants to, you know, make right. a statement, this is a pretty good, pretty good I mean, one to make a statement with. I'm long. I'm like Tim. I'm long. Yeah. I am nervous about it, though. Yeah. Has the president shown that if you have a good relationship with him, that that stays that way? I, I don't think but so. But we've also said I that mean, the so consumer, the recession is not with the consumer. The recession could be a manufacturing recession. I think Apple fits into that bucket of a consumer-driven name. It's up 30 percent year to date. I do feel better that at least he has a rapport 
that he can talk to. Does it going to me- mean a whole lot of difference uh, on the on the macro? Yeah. No, but incrementally it could change it for for them. I'm still in the name. I'd probably buy more in a dip. FedEx is a, a company specifically called out by President Trump. He wanted FedEx along with Amazon, UPS, USPS um, to specifically go through shipments and make sure that fentanyl from China is not coming through to our borders. Look, so that's, that's, singled out. That's a nice thing, and it's really easy to play that card, and it's an emotional card. And, and so, no, we don't want fentanyl anywhere on our soil um, killing our, our citizens. But um, FedEx, to me, has already made a major adjustment in terms of the valuation. I'll, I'll say this, and, and I, I think uh, I probably used this term at, at times when the stock was even a little bit higher, but I'll call it trough multiple on FedEx. I, I think you've determined. Systemically, I'm not sure how they're going to get in there and actually execute on that, but I think they're in the middle of any trade war. Yeah, let's hit cat. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I think CAT and FedEx, to me, when you look at the charts, they're cliffs of death. Yeah, they might be at kind cliffs of cliffs of death. Of death. Wow. They look like they're about to we fall off the edge. We have no. music for that? I don't know. Chills down my spine. <laughs> but look at it. They, they, they've, they've, the traded, they've traded sideways. Say it again. Say it one more time. Cliffs of death. Love that. Exactly. Love it. Death. Yeah. If I could do like a deep voice like that. Yeah. But anyway. I, I, I don't like them. You sell them and you sell them again. All right. Well, I'm long. <laughs> I'm long the cliff of death trade. In, in terms um, of FedEx. Yeah, in yeah. terms of FedEx. And um, I, I agree that the fentanyl is a sideshow. That's really not the issue. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, continuing coverage today, sell-off in a CNBC special report tonight. Markets in turmoil. That's 6 p.m. following Fast Money. 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Up next, Final Trades. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Just to recap the news that broke within the past half hour, President Trump is hiking tariffs on $300 billion worth of goods from China, taking them to 15 percent from 20 to 10 percent. We've also got uh, October 1st, $250 billion of good tax at 30 percent instead of 25 percent. So a ramping in terms of the tariffs in response to uh, China this morning. Let's get to our final trade now. Tim Seymour. Yeah, enjoy the weekend on the beach, folks. Um, United Healthcare, I do think healthcare certainly remains resilient. I think the earnings growth there is actually going to be counter to the S&P, and you're down 15% off the highs. BK, Brian Kelly. So Monday morning, assuming, this is a big assumption, that the VIX is still in the 20s, I think you can still buy some protection, SPY puts. Karen Finer. Yes, I'm looking, what's isolated U.S. and shouldn't be involved here? CBS, this is what we do well, content. That's interesting. Nice. Mm. We do this Keep well. Pressing. When markets are in turmoil, as they are today. Yes, they are. You know what rallies? Gold. Gold rallies. And you know what rallies even more than just straight gold? Gold Bitcoin. miners. Oh. GDX. Oh, Bitcoin. I, Beta, N. And Bitcoin. And Bitcoin That's for our friend BK. Right GDX. My I'd be a buyer there. All right. That does it for us. Um, don't forget our Markets in Turmoil special here on CNBC following Options Action at 6 o'clock. In the meantime, do not go anywhere. Options Action is coming up next. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.